The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Discretion is advised. Hey there, folks. This is Kristen Williams with another Trans Advocate podcast. And today we have a Robinless podcast. Yay! Oh, that's bad. Oh. <laughs> we love you, Robin. We miss at you. Least, at least one of us does. <laughs> <laughs> So today we have Alexis. Hey there, how's everybody today? So, so I have to come up with events too now, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going to be Robin today. No, but I could. <laughs> and no, I'm not that flexible in many ways. <laughs> I would hurt myself trying to do any of the things Robin does flexibility-wise. Well, how's your week been? It's been interesting. Uh, I, I, I seem to have finally recovered from Pride mostly, so that's a good oh, thing. Oh, that is a good thing. You know, on Pride, I've only heard that there was like, what, 10, 12 injuries associated oh, yeah. with Pride this year? Yeah, I mean, year? you know, I, I injured my knee and I was feeling really bad about it. And then when I started talking to other friends that have been injured at Pride, mine was pretty minor. <laughs> I recovered in like a week and a half. They're talking about surgery, you know, four or five weeks without being allowed to even get onto their legs and, and we stuff should be like clear that. this isn't like you know uh antifa so- super soldiers attacking pride or anything this is like you know people walking walking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean well running because the pride parade is fast i mean yeah. it's like and lightning I mean, fast. I, I was hurrying a little and then there was this little hole and it's like <laughs> that was it <laughs> And I think that's what happened to several people. Well, actually, a couple of people fell off of the Grand Marshal float. So oh, God. It was, apparently there were no stairs or ladders, and it was quite a ways up to their float. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to ask you about something, you know, just here about here in Houston and Pride, because I know we've, we've talked about this just a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I want to bring it up again since there's, uh, this week I've continued to see blowback about the turfs like um, hijacking the pride in London, London, England. And, uh, you know, we, our, our, our UK partner uh, division had um, updated us about, you know, the state of media there. Uh, and and the, con- the condemnation continues to come out against that. And it turns out that they did the same, well, they tried to do the same thing in Boston, but people just basically, you know, was like, you know, what the fuck? Get out of here. And well, they weren't I, able to actually lead the Pride Parade. Yeah, I wish they'd tried to do it here in Houston. <laughs> well, yeah, and they and then they tried to do it in Dyke March, but I guess they got super angry and they started swinging uh, a walking stick with a brass, brass head around. And that didn't, I guess, you know... That was that was a thing that I guess that's their thing this year is trying to uh, take over pride events and make it seem like it's an anti-trans thing. But in Houston, it would have been really straightforward. I well, mean, I mean, yeah, exactly. What what would have happened in Houston had something like they that would have happened? been asked to get back into the protester areas because there is an area that's allowed where protesters are allowed. If they refuse to do that, HPD would have put them in handcuffs and taken them away. <laughs> It, 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 seriously, that, that's exactly what would happen. Well, uh, so because they don't have a right to be in the parade route, so they will be removed. They didn't do that. Didn't happen at the Dyke March. That didn't happen in Boston it Pride. Was, that didn't happen in London Pride. It wasn't Houston. In, in fact, uh, apparently, London Pride. Some people had uh, notified the 
what do they call them the the cops and is it bobbies bobbies yes. yeah yeah uh, notified them that you know, there was this protest group who had jumped to the front of the line was leading the pride parade and they did nothing about it and i will guarantee you hpd houston police department would actually remove them that, that's what they do <laughs> i mean i i, I you know, I have like 99.99% confidence. Um, and if they didn't remove them, the police chief would be removing them. Uh, I, I mean, pride is very mainstream in Houston. And, and that sounds sort of weird, but it really is. It's not like this sort of splinter group that's out there doing this weird thing and whatever. Uh, I don't. I haven't heard the number for this year, but a couple of years ago we had seven hundred thousand. Then we've been running six hundred thousand people attending Pride. This is a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, an absurdly large number of people, and, right. and Houston police uh, are very, very, very well involved. They're everywhere because what they're wanting to do is make sure it's safe and, and all like that. And the one thing that Houston police does very well in any type of a an event is they have specially trained groups that watch for protesters and watch for people who want to start trouble. Because a lot of times, in fact, most of the time, the trouble comes from outside and they try to get into the groups and then make it look like it was the groups that's causing themselves some trouble. Ah. And, and HPD just doesn't stand for that. Um, we've seen several instances where the outside people sort of get into the middle of a march or something and they start causing trouble and HPD comes sliding into the march, grabs the people that, it's, that aren't supposed to be there and takes them away. And, <laughs> and then everything just continues. And, and it, it's really sort of almost amusing because they don't bother anyone else. And the other people that are supposed to be there don't get really upset because they know this is the way it's going. Well, how neoliberal, fascist, Marxist, postmodernist of you. How exactly. could you do that? <laughs> What, so it, 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 it's actually it's sort of interesting because it's like, you know, they protect everyone's rights. And well, whether they agree with you or not, doesn't matter if you've done your thing and you're doing a march and you're doing some of the legal stuff. They will protect you. If you aren't, they will take you away. Well, so what is your response to, you know, so cops should not be at pride because uh, Latina uh, specifically, a lot of the Latina trans people are afraid to come to Pride there. I, I've heard that We that sure was... had a lot of them with us. Well. I... <laughs> and they weren't bothered by the police. <laughs> and an have, awful, lot, have, of, awful have... lot of those cops would fit the definition of what Pride is for. Well, have, so have we ever had, I mean, certainly in the history of Pride over 40 years, I'm sure there's been some issues. If, if you say, have we ever had and say Pride, the answer is probably yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, uh, but I, I'm trying to think of a, a time whenever we've had an issue here with Houston PD, and I, I'm just kind of drawing a blank. Well, you can, you've got to go back a long ways. And, you know, there were times when HPD did things that none of us liked and they eventually prosecuted the people for doing it and, and this sort of stuff. But the thing that also happened was we changed the mayor, we changed the police chief and things went a different direction. Well, yeah. And I mean, our current like, police chief, Art Acevedo is great. Well, I mean, so it's just, so if you're going to have a parade and it's a very small parade, and it's like a, a couple of blocks or something, that's one thing. But if you're going to have close to a million people gathered in one specific area and no police or security presence, uh, 
Oh, that's that, a disaster. That's a disaster. And what about, uh, what was it, a year or two ago, whenever we had the bomb threat? Yep, we had um, bomb threats. And the number of police agencies that HPD brought in was amazing. There were mm-hmm. people everywhere, security-wise. I think mm-hmm. half the people at Pride were security. But that's okay. Still had Pride, had no problem, right. but had a huge presence. I mean, one of the things that, that happened... Uh, last year with, at Pride was there was a suspicious package found in the festival area. The festival area is before the parade and all like that. Um, HPD brought in their bomb squad who were all in plain clothes. They had them in there in one to two minutes. Mm. They did whatever they do and said, nope, not a bomb. We'll take it away. Oh, wow. And, and it, was, it was funny because they apparently had them staged close to the festival in plain clothes so that they could just get there immediately. Well, wow. You think about it, that's really what they should do. Right, right. Because you know the type of problems you're going to have. And, and that. The, the other thing was that uh, there was one of the HPD cars that was a rainbow police car. <laughs> Neoliberal. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I mean, it was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> they, they aren't planning to use it on patrol, but they are going to use I, it for displays. Just a, as a side, um, I, I was so HPD, very Houston thing. Uh, has a HBD car that is basically a slab. And if you're from Houston, you know what a slab is. And and it's basically something that's kind of lowered. It has these, like, things sticking out from the wheels. Yeah, that's so they can run people down, I guess, like chariots. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like half a foot long with spokes coming out. And if, you've, if you are in, in any way uh, familiar with Houston uh, car culture, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and it, it's sort of a lowrider type thing. Sort of, yeah, yeah. A L- little different because they usually don't have the the big spokes and things, but <laughs> yeah. So they even have one of those cars. That's interesting. So- and, and Constable has the same things. The, you know, the, it, it, Houston has a whole lot of different police agencies, and, and they're, they're sort of funny to try to figure out who does what. Uh, well, you know, I, some of the arguments against cops at Pride um, that I've seen, the, the problem is it's really hard to disentangle the notion of Pride from some of our history that includes cops. For You know, you've got Stonewall fighting against cops and all of that kind of stuff, but then... Well, but let's think about it for a minute. That, those were corrupt cops. Of course, uh, the people running Stonewall were also corrupt. I it think, was the mafia. The, you know, like the mafia <laughs> stuff. But, but you know, it, it, it's sort of like, yeah, they, they're cops, but they aren't like really up for a cop. Now they call in for, they call for help, which probably were fine. <laughs> and, and then, you know, you've got stuff like in San Francisco, where if it wasn't for doc, uh, doctor, uh, I think it was Sergeant Blackstone. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that happened in the 60s and 70s that was the foundation for the entire LGBTQI blah, blah, blah community in San Francisco would not have happened. I mean, he was kind of our one activist within the system that helped create uh, institutions that supported community. Well, and I think what a lot of people don't understand is that Houston diversity is rather phenomenal. I mean, mm. Houston is one of the most. What, it, is, I, it is the most diverse city mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that that's a study that's not us just making it up. Harris County, which is the county that most of Houston's in, Houston actually goes 
outside the county too but harris county is the most diverse county in the Mm -hmm. country which makes it the most diverse county in the world now this is in texas (laughs) right (laughs) and and it's 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 interesting because it's very different and and houston feels different than some Mm -hmm. of the other texas Mm -hmm. cities i've I've lived in several and it, it it just has a different attitude and if you said oh gosh we're worried because Hispanics might be afraid to come to something. Well, then it would be empty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Oh, I've, got, I've got a friend who moved to Minnesota. Oh. And, and she said, I don't know that I can stay here. It's it's like all this is is white people. That's what I found white when I moved pe- to Ann Arbor. That's I, why I couldn't stay in Ann Arbor. There's no one. I, I can only speak English here. It sucks. <laughs> and yeah, and and I mean it's it's a weird scary feeling when you're used to diversity. I mean, I'm used to being at, you know, an event with eight people and none of the eight are the same mix or race or whatever, which is really cool, you know. And 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 I think that's one of the things that people miss. The Houston Police Department, for instance, is just as diverse as Houston. Well, I want to, so just to kind of apply a metric to the Houston experience of Pride, I I saw this really interesting picture. Now, we recently published an an article about, uh, so the article is titled, How Russian Authorities Will Now Process Trans People, and it was written by a trans advocate who lives in Russia, and... uh, from within Russia, tries to organize community, and that's not an easy or even safe thing to do in Russia right now. Yeah, I mean, even though Russia supposedly is kinder, gentler Russia, I don't think so. (laughs) No, so, you know, you can't fly a pride flag because so-called homosexual propaganda is an arrestable offense. And don't forget, it has been that way in the U.S. It's not now. It's not now, but it had been, you know, it had been, you know, if we tried to, you know, mail a newsletter or a magazine about trans stuff, you could get arrested. There's a reason that ETVC, when it first started in San Francisco, used ETVC, because everyone thought it was an educational (laughs) TV channel. And so it went right through the mail, no problem. Well, I want to share this picture with you. There's a group of people that are in... um, Russia, I guess there's like a soccer thing going on. Uh, what I guess they call it football. I uh, think it's called football. We just had to pick soccer because yeah. we already had a different thing called football. <laughs> so <laughs> made a lot of money by the time we got to worrying about it. So some queer activists, uh, knowing that you cannot show a pride flag. Uh, well, they, you can. It's just the... You, you might not want to <laughs> yeah, see what happens, what happens afterwards. Later. So they they've taken some pictures and protest, and this is this is what they're doing. I want to hand you this <laughs> photograph here. It's really quite interesting. So we're doing a pride flag <laughs> that is made up of t-shirts of the right color, standing in the right order. <laughs> yes, with a police officer <laughs> <laughs> and the police officers giving them the dirty eyeball. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The pro, you know, that's the type of thing that it's a little bit problematic because I'm trying to figure out what the last red is. Uh, <laughs> I think we're missing a couple of colors, but the idea is certainly there, and most people will get it. I mean, I mean, so can you imagine living in a space where you can't have a pride bumper sticker, you can't have any of that? That it's it's an act of 
just defiance to simply wear a bunch of different colored t-shirts and stand in a certain the, configuration. The, the concern is that that's actually moderately new in Russia. It is. This, it is. This, this isn't the way it's always been, and it has to do with the fact that they basically have an oligarchy that runs everything mm-hmm. run by a dictator. Well, yeah. that's the biggest concern that I have with the current White House. <laughs> um, it could end up that way. I mean, that I, I happen to think that's what Trump would like, because then he doesn't have to actually explain himself to people when he can't explain himself. Well, I think the deal is that what's useful to him is identifying groups to get his base to otherize, you know, you got to stick with me is, or is otherwise going, an actual word. I, I've just coined it. It's okay. my word. Just so, checking. So, uh, you know, otherwise we will have MS 13, you know, the American gang is going to take over America. And if, if it's going to come back to America yeah. after we ran them out, I guess. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, these these uh, but, you know bathroom bills and stuff we've we've got to have them otherwise you know all your little kitties are going to get raped. And I happen to think that bathrooms are moderately dangerous for unaccompanied young children. No matter what. My exactly. My question is: A, what is an unaccompanied young child doing by themselves in a bathroom or any other? public space that's you know away from general mm-hmm. view and number two you have to ask what's the danger and where does it come from with that best thing is to go to science and look at statistics mm-hmm. the statistics say the transgender community is your least problem <laughs> i mean drug dealers politicians and <laughs> and religious religious yes exactly are the people that they're in danger from and not necessarily in that order. <laughs> but but those are real facts, not false news, not all of this. And, and so, you know, in, in fact, I happen to know quite a few people who have sort of changed their view from the, oh, guys, you know, there's this uh, totally scary trans person that so I'm, you know, worried about bathrooms, et cetera, to saying, uh, I'd rather them be in there because they'll do something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and you know, it, especially like in a women's restroom, the largest person there may be a trans person. Not always, but it, it's a reasonable chance. <laughs> and sometimes people are doing bad things just back off because they're like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I got to think about this. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been in situations where I and the group I was with interrupted someone being battered a couple times. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember you talking about that. And the funniest thing is that when you walk up and say, no, that's not okay, stop, and they start to get belligerent, and they look around, and there's like four rather large women (laughs) back behind you. They're usually like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and I don't, I don't care who they think they are, but it, and, and they leave, which is the whole idea. And, and, you know, you don't have to get beat up, and the other person doesn't have to get beat up. It's just, you know, I'm sorry. So, you, in other words, trans people are like superheroes. Yeah, you know, I mean, a six-foot person in five-inch heels is really big. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. Well, <laughs> and then uh, there's hair on top of that, so you probably throw a couple more inches on it. Since it's Texas, you've got Texas hair, oh, that exactly. big hair. <laughs> it's not just little flat, smooth hair. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, it sounds funny, but it's true. 
you know, it, it's sort of like the bad guy who wants to go beat someone up or girl. It's sort of like this isn't going to work. <laughs> just, just not going to work. Well, I want to uh, before we get off into the news, I wanted to remind. There's news. People, yes, we do have a couple of news articles that I found that I wanted to talk about today. Um, we have uh, 14 primaries coming up in August. And I want to remind you that if what? you hear, no, go ahead. What are they doing waiting that long? We had ours in January no, or February. No, they've got, I, there's <laughs> damn primaries in September. Can you believe that? Not knowing who's running till then. I mean, Ugh, that's, and, that's and then they might have to have a runoff. So they have to squeeze that oh in. Oh my God. I mean, we're voting in September. Our early voting starts toward the end of September. Can you believe that? But, uh, yeah. So, okay, if you hear your state named, you have a primary coming up in August. So, get ready. Here we go. Alaska, Arizona, Connecticut, Florida, Hawaii, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Tennessee, Vermont, Washington, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. You all have primaries coming up. Well, some of them I understand waiting until late, a couple of those states, because... I think they have like 10 people that are voting. (laughs) I'm not going to say the name of the state because I might end up in one of them sometime. Wyoming. I didn't say that. (laughs) I'm frequently surprised at how few people some of the states actually have Mm -hmm. in the state. Uh, You know, it's like they have one congressional district. (laughs) That's always a hint, especially when they're a huge state. So I hear, uh, just before we get off on a tangent, uh, I heard that uh, Puerto Rico is is holding a vote or wants to hold a vote on state statehood. Yeah, and honestly, I think the people who are pushing for statehood, that I think they're the ones that want to hold the vote, need to think this through a little more. And, and maybe they're counting on everything going their way in November, and I hope it does and all that, but... You know, I wouldn't want to bring statehood before our current Congress because that, that's who has oh, to say, "Oh, good okay. God, no! Oh my God!" And and you know that I, like I said, if if they suddenly say yes, we want to be a state, and it goes before the current Congress, mm-hmm. it, there's just no chance. It was a waste of effort. So, does a president have to sign off on nope. that? Oh, really? What's nope. so? What's the process? It goes to Congress. Congress decides. That's it. Yeah. No. No Senate. No what? Senate. Then is a part of Congress. Yeah. There's the House and the Senate. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the two houses have to decide. Okay. And the White House has mentioned what they're going to do with it or about it, and someone did politely tell them that they aren't part of the process. <laughs> I mean, it's just like if California decided to split into multiple states. That's between them and Congress. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it reminded me of uh, a story this week that I saw where a woman was attacked as being un-American and unpatriotic because she was wearing... Uh, a, a t-shirt did they want her to not wear anything well oh, no, no. <laughs> I, you know, I, I do not know what the punchline on this one is but you know depending on never mind we, we won't go there you know so, sometimes it's better to put clothes on no, it was a puerto rican t-shirt <laughs> oh so she was an american yes mm-hmm. well you know, the president's been confused about that yes. also. So, you know, you would expect his people to be confused. What can I say? The, uh, I mean, an awful lot of the, quote, un-American stuff is almost hilarious because 
we didn't exactly start as a group of people behave, you know, behaving and doing everything that the authority at the time told us to do. I mean, back, I think it was almost the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then we're like, well, if you're going to try to force us, I guess we have to shoot back. Oh, no, we're going to hide. What do you mean stand up there in lines? You people are crazy. <laughs> Well, I want to take a quick break and remind folks of a couple of things when we come back. I want to talk a little bit about these news pieces that uh, I've uh, pulled out of the headlines. If you're trans, intersex, or genderqueer and are a victim of a disaster, we can help with our Trans Disaster Relief Fund. And if you're going to college, university, or trade school, you can apply for one of our scholarships. Located in Houston, Texas, we hold weekly support group meetings and run the only community-owned transgender archive that's open to the public. Also, please keep in mind that our 2018 Houston Transgender Unity Banquet will be held Saturday, September 15, 2018. If you'd like to learn more about any of this, just go to transadvocate.com. And we're back. <laughs> so, um... So, so, so we're doing pulled from the headline news. Is that is that what I just heard I, I, yeah, before the break? It, it, it's, it's a new thing that I just coined. I'm on a roll today. Yeah, only half of the newscasters <laughs> in the world have used it. <laughs> and I okay. thought you would at least know history. <laughs> so, um, okay. Um, I, I, I found something interesting from Japan, which is uh, nice because uh, apparently there's some interest from Japan of, of opening up a division of the trans advocate in Japan. Are we going to have to have Kumo on the podcast to speak Japanese? I, uh, uh, <laughs> well, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, our random topic changes could be more interesting if Kuma was here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Women's University in Tokyo to accept transgender students. So, um, a, nation, a national women's university in Tokyo said Monday it will start from its physical, fiscal 2020 accepting fiscal year. I guess it's supposed to be 2020 accepting students born or assigned male at birth, but whom identify as female. So there's a bunch of Japanese words here that I'm not going to pronounce. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce. That's right. We are Uh, all very lucky about that. uh, And uh, it's been around for uh, 142 years, which is, for America, an extremely long time. For Japan, I think that's not very old uh it's the first institution or of higher education for women um and uh oh it goes on to talk about how extraordinarily uh unusual and uh, progressive this type of uh thing is um one of the first things whenever we we opened up the archive um there was, I guess this was 2008-ish. There was, uh, in Japan, they elected the first out trans, I think it was like some sort of council member or something. And she sent a bunch of stuff to the archive. It was like things that she, apparently she had a book and a business card and all kinds of things that she sent. But it was like a huge, huge deal 
that someone was, you know, openly trans and elected to office. Well, it's, that's a huge deal most places, which I really wish it wasn't. I wish it was so common we didn't care. Right. But but it isn't. I mean, when Jess Herbst ended up being mayor of one of the cities down here, that was a huge deal. Uh, when when people have been elected all across the country in the last couple of years, that's been a huge deal. And when it gets really cool is when it's no longer a huge deal. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. it's just like they just so happen, it so happens that they're trans and, and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, Japan, the thing that I keep thinking about is that you know, they, they, they still have a society where, you know, women being educated is different, but not really because they have a lot of really educated women and, and they're, they're progressing, but there's, they apparently are doing it at a fairly steady rate as opposed to jumping way ahead where a lot of other countries have gone with, you know, equality for males and females. Holy shit. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. This last line, I've got to read you this. This That was a nice intro to I've got to read you this. Hold on just one second. <laughs> Hello? It's not my phone this time. <laughs> hey, Nathan. Yes. Oh. No, no worries. I yeah, I had tried to call back, but um, I uh, yeah, uh, I had gotten I guess an answering service or something. I I wasn't really sure. Um, Anyway, so I don't know if that was a good time or not. I just thought I'd call and leave you a message if you didn't pick up, and I was going to leave you my shell number. I don't mean to catch off guard. Tell me. No worries. Uh, in fact, I'm, right now I'm in the middle of recording a podcast. So, oh, um, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, it's fine. I, um, I've got youth hours right now with the kids, and, and I'll probably be driving home, and I have an hour drive, so that's perfect. Okay, Anytime. sounds great. Fantastic. Okay, thank okay. you. All right. You Bye-bye. Bye. So, um, that was a... Uh, so... Uh, you know who Steve Harvey is? Yeah. Okay, so he has a radio show. I think it's 95.7 FM. He has a lot of radio shows. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, he, he's syndicated, in, I believe. Yes, in, in Florida. They were doing a radio show, and they do these stupid skits where you're supposed to call someone and prank them. Yeah, my, my view is those people should just be put in jail for some of the stuff they do, all of them. Well, this one was particularly heinous uh they called some guy pretending to be some sort of doctor or whatever and let slip that his fiance or wife or something is trans and then he gets into talking about how he's going to kill her and you know uh beat her and they're all just laughing having a good old time about how funny all of that is and uh this is the person who who heard it live driving in to work and, uh, you know, he runs a GLBT youth day program and he's like, holy shit. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, you know, I, I look at it. There's two things here. Number one, there is pulling the pranks that can cause people problems. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have some people in town that used to do that. I don't listen to the radio much in Houston, so I really mm-hmm. don't know. But probably we still have people who do that. They do the morning calls and that. And in fact, I had thought about it. And I'm like, if I ever get a call from them, uh, 
I'm basically just going to fall on the floor, gasp once, and never answer. <laughs> that would be amazing. And, and just, you know, 100%. It, it's like, fine, you kill me. <laughs> let's, let's see how you do that. When fire department gets here, EMS, I'm sort of like, I don't know. what, what I, I'm fine. What, what's your problem? <laughs> They called you? Somebody needs to do something about that. But, but you know, so, so there's that problem with just that genre. And in all honesty, them doing the trans-based thing is not as... It's no worse than some of the other things I've heard some of them do. It it Because it, it's all despicable stuff. It, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's stuff to sort of wind people up. Now, the fact that the response was, I'm going to kill someone by the, the person who was being pranked, mm-hmm. Nope, this is a problem. Yeah. And it's a big problem because that is exactly what happens. Uh, they're in Florida. They're having a string of murders that starting to look an awful lot like a serial killer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of trans murders I'm talking about. And, and, and they look really similar to the ones that we happened in that New Orleans. We covered that last week. Yes. And all that. So, so you know, it it's in bad taste. It's inappropriate. I think the fact this person immediately goes to outrage and going to murder people because they're trans and found out they were trans that's really bad and you know it, it it's sort of like yeah and they'll scream freedom of speech etc but if if uh, if there was any way i could influence it what would happen is every time there's a problem with a trans person this guy would be visited <laughs> he's like suspect number one and you know, after a while, he'll probably figure out this wasn't fun. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's a big just, problem. But the the idea that for this group of professional people, supposedly, the idea that, you know, dead trans women is just hilarious. Oh, my God. It's just so funny. <laughs> and it's, the question is, I mean... Is anyone down there interested in doing anything about it? Because if you want to do something about it, you find out who their advertisers are. You go drop in on them and have a discussion with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one person dropping in on them probably won't do much. After the first thousand or two, <laughs> they're probably going to back things down for that show because the advertisers right. are really what drive it. Exactly. Uh, you lose one advertiser, people start looking at whether you're going to stay on the air. You lose two, you're not going to stay on the air, you know, unless they were tiny and you've replaced them. Uh, if the advertiser is 100%, oh, I think it's the funniest thing in the world, I think you're just being overly sensitive, et cetera, well, now you know. you got another business that you can talk about. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to cover this other headline. So uh, the headline is, Journalist Listserv shows how prevalent transphobia is in media. And so the deal is, uh, they published this on Jezebel, and they had screenshots of... So, so what's Jezebel? you got to explain okay, that. Okay, so Jezebel is a website that covers things on an ostensibly feminist take. You know, it's, it's kind of... Well, anyway, it's Jezebel. You ever been there? You know what it is. Um, and so they had this article where they published screenshots of this listserv. Now, apparently this is a, lar- this is a large list of fairly mainstream reporters, uh, news commentators, pundits, you know, just people. This, this represents... Uh, an aspect of where everyone is getting their news from. 
from broadcast to local to uh, written media. These are the people who are putting out news. And uh, Jesse Single is, of course, <laughs> on that. Now, Jesse Single is the person who wrote the Atlantic article that's, uh, you know, he his whole thing is uh, concern trolling about transgender kids, you know, uh, where, you know, the, the trans advocates want to uh, so-called trans kids and, uh, you know, anyway, so... In his pre-publication discussion of these issues, uh, the type of concern trolling and ignorance and callousness that was displayed by uh, these so-called straight media, uh, and I mean, and I mean that not as straight as in sexuality, but kind of straight media. They don't report on any specialized, you know, trans issues or queer issues or anything. They do straight news. You know, car crash happened, blah, blah, blah. Uh, They do mainstream news. Mainstream, yes. Um, So, uh, you know, almost all of them showed an exceptional lack of education of trans issues. And... Because he is part of their group, they looked upon him as being, yes, you sound very reasonable, you know, those trans advocates and stuff, those those people, those trans groups, you can't trust those kinds of groups, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it, it. so this article is talking about, you know, that's a real problem. We've, we've thought that we've made a lot of inroads with media and have done a lot of education, but apparently we have a long way to go. You know, to begin with, there's like three different uh, branches of this that, that, that immediately occur to me. You know, number one is if you look at equality, whatever acceptance in this country, the way it's sort of gone is it's the race acceptance, then the sex or the gender, but the male-female type binary gender acceptance, then homosexual acceptance, and then we're working on trans acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can sort of pick any group, and it's always it seems to have gone that way. Mm. Um, haven't seen any national broadcast companies with a transgender anchor. <laughs> Don't know of any locals. <laughs> um, do know of homosexual and every other group below that anchors, mm-hmm. including local, etc. So I, it's like everything else. We're at the very end of any acceptance. So that's, that's sort of like one. The other side of it is that a lot of the people who claim the mainstream media need educating um, about transgender issues, etc. are probably totally correct. But what are they doing about it? Mm-hmm. We get a rather phenomenal number of phone calls to fact check for them. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that is right. Please talk and, about and, that and, more. And I've, these, these, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say who or whatever. They are major newspapers that you see quoted by everybody in not every only show. Newspapers, and it's then like... there are some major television networks, et cetera. Now, the typical fact check call is a, we have this article that includes some information about some transgender people. My editor told me I needed to give you a call and just see if there's any comments or any red flags, etc., and they read the article, and you know, if I'm doing it, 
Sometimes I actually know about the situation or mm-hmm. things around it, in which case I tell them. Sometimes it's a, that just doesn't sound right. You, you know, there's, there's something with that that doesn't sound right. Because, you know, there's certain things that you also look at and you hear it and it maybe isn't terribly flattering to the trans community, but you're like, yeah, that's probably correct. Right. It, mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it sounds right. Uh, and then you describe some things around it. And if they have some questions, you answer their question. Mm-hmm. And you don't go tell everybody that there's an article coming out with this in it. You, right. you know, you maintain the confidentiality and you, you don't, ask them to, you know, make sure that you're quoted or anything like that. And you don't go through it on Facebook. Oh, the X something, something just called. And here's what we told them. I mean, the key is it's their story. Mm-hmm. They're getting the story. Sure. Uh, what we're really doing is trying to help and educate at the same time. Uh, if there's something that you want to throw in that is sort of more of an advocate approach, you can do that. And they may or may not include it. But the key is... We can't be afraid of factual news reporting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if the factual news reporting is negative on our community, then it's negative on our community. Right. The key is to make sure that it's as factual as you can. Right. And it's amazing how easy it is to tell whether something's right or wrong, even if you've never heard of it. You know, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of times they have a lot of information they didn't give you when you start asking. And, and it, it, you know, you can walk them through what sounds right, what doesn't sound right, and, and those sorts of things. Uh, and, and, you know, so, so so we get quite a lot of that, actually. When I say quite a lot, you know, some weeks it's as many as 10 or 15 phone calls. Uh, other weeks, nothing. Like mm. the last week, nobody's called about anything. So I presume there's no major articles coming out that's <laughs> going to really mess with our community. So, for instance, uh, this Atlantic article that Jesse Singel uh, had written, you know, he's just really concerned about all the kids who are trans. Now, he doesn't like, so. Well, okay, but okay, on that article, someone else that was reporting on that article before it was published actually called. Mm. And we pretty much debunked it. And that person had their debunk ready the minute it showed up. In fact, the, you know, the Atlantic had not actually released their publication when on the air on someplace. And I'm, I'm avoiding saying names. It was debunked. I think we might've had a lot to do with that. Well, so like his, his thing is he interviews these, these supposed ex trans people and, and these, poor parents who were just put through hell, da-da-da-da-da. He never discloses that these poor kids, these poor parents, are actually part of an anti-trans hate group that exists to push reparative therapy. Right. And and, and that that's a big part of the problem, is that he basically has... You know, he, he's a sensationalism reporter. He's gotten in with The Atlantic because The Atlantic has changed their publisher, and they really are not a liberal magazine anymore. Well, so they've paid him several thousand dollars, I found out, just recently found out that they paid him several thousand dollars. And it's not just one story that they want him to write. They want him to write at least three stories. So um, I think what's ha- – and I've noticed that, they, that The Atlantic – in response to Jesse Signal's article, is that they are now po- um, like posting follow-up articles on their website, not, of course, in their magazine, but on their website. And I think what they're actually doing is they know what Jesse Signal is. They know he's going to 
scare up a bunch of controversy and sensationalism. And that's what they're paying for because people will come there and they get ad revenue. And so they post the pro and the con. They get some bullshit going and well, they're just using the community. No, they, they are not posting both sides they're posting one side well and then they're taking the approach of well the only reason we're posting this is we think the conversation should be held yes the debate we need to have the debate and 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 that's honestly bullshit if each side you know if one side's lying and the other side's trying not to and you're allowing the lies and you're giving them the same credibility as Uh actual facts that's not asking for a debate. What that's doing is trying to skew everything. Right. And and I think they're doing it for ad revenue, which says, if you don't like it, go find out who's giving them ad revenue. Mm-hmm. Call them up. Say, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't like what you people are doing here. So you're not my favorite product anymore. Uh, uh, see, that's anti-free speech. You're trying to oh, no, de-platform no, 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 act, the Atlantic act, from their own platform. You hate you hate freedom. You're anti-America. Actually, I hate lies. <laughs> and freedom actually says I get to buy wherever I want. Now, I think it is a courtesy to tell an advertiser if you're going to stop <laughs> buying from them. And, and it really is. I mean, I make a point that if I'm not going to do business with you again, I will mm-hmm. make sure that someone high up in your company knows. Because just going away doesn't inform you about you know what you may right. or may not want to do. Um, if, if I go away and I make sure you know why I went away, and if a lot of people do that, then you may want to reconsider your position on some mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. and if you want to reconsider your positions that i think that would be great in a lot of areas right uh, and, you, and you may decide to just continue which is fine and it is fine i've seen some right wingers go after you know what was it the oh target you know right. oh oh we we can't have trans people using the bathroom that's horrible and target says you know blow it out your ass well and, and what actually happened they published all this stuff about how bad Target was and some really high level people in our administration came out negative on Target because of that, too. And Target's stock prices didn't go down and their profits didn't die. And <laughs> I, I honestly think that it's almost getting to the point where people are sort of ignoring the boycotts. It's like and, and one of the things with Target was the people that they were talking about boycotting are not the people you see in Target. <laughs> You know, the, the ones that they publish, like, well, I'm boycotting Target. And I'm like, I don't think she shops there. <laughs> Just it's like guess. the Family Research Council, Family Research Council, boycott, I think it was them that had boycotted Disney, right? Oh, you, you have gay days at Disney. And people were like, I don't care. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, that's the whole thing. It's sort of like, okay, you're 10 people that don't go to Disney. <laughs> just means that you can park within 10 miles of the gate <laughs> you know i mean that that's the problem if, if i think people are starting to ignore it which is actually a good thing and it may be one of those weird reverse things that if you do ridiculous things enough so maybe <laughs> i'm i'm laughing because usually my phone is the I one know, that interrupts you turned your phone off <laughs> exactly so it did apparently switch to your cell phone no, I'm I'm sorry. I haven't called you. Mm, okay. Nope, haven't called you. If if you've gotten a phone call in the last uh, couple of hours, uh, it was not me because I've been on the radio. And so, so are you. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm actually enjoying Ringer has been turned off. 
she's going to do stealth phone calls now. I was actually wanting to grab the phone and deal with that person. I, I take a different approach. My approach usually is since I'm a consultant. Okay, so here's the deal. This is a consulting line. I do consulting. It's $650 an hour. You want to stay on the line? Give me your credit card. Yeah, it's like I've actually had people give me their credit card, which really worries me. <laughs> and I checked. They were real. <laughs> and, you know, I just couldn't do it. I almost did, but I just couldn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> and these will be outtakes. Maybe. Woo. <laughs> so. But, but, yeah, you know, I think one of the things that you have to think about is that, yes, the Atlantic has suddenly become a... They're wishing they were right wing instead of left wing, apparently. But you know, they were pretty left, and they have a new publisher who obviously isn't that far left, and they're trying to sneak into more of a centrist or right type publication. And my opinion is they aren't doing it as well as they could be. But who's the easiest to attack? Oh, the trans community. Exactly. I mean, why not? We're we're the ones that are hanging out there all the time with saying, "Here, attack me," uh, because we have no protections <laughs> and, and all that. And and, and part of it is we just need to start responding and respond in ways that will hurt them. I mean, killing off advertising is the biggest, easiest yes. way to do it because advertisers are so risk averse. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I, I mean, I see things that I consider extremely minor that advertisers are like, oh, we're pulling our advertisement. And I'm like, they must have been wanting to anyway. And they're looking for an excuse because this was not that bad. <laughs> And, and, you know, recently it's interesting just how quickly they will pull people out of shows and do all that because they, they are overly sensitized to scandal these days. <laughs> you know, the first time I figured out that that worked, um, I was in San Francisco and there was some sort of a local program. Was it San Francisco? No. Okay. So I was, I was living in San Francisco at the time and there was some sort of a program, must have been on satellite or something I don't know but some somebody had joked that it would be funny you know if you had a trans kid that you would take off your shoe and just beat the trans kid beat the transness out of them and everybody's laughing and so there was a big national push they their advertisers started dropping them and next thing you know they come on we we apologize the person that made that joke is no longer with us and here today we have a transgender organized some sort of parents group who's going to talk about trans issues <laughs> well, as i said they are risk averse and sometimes it takes very little because they're rarely attacked because no one does that but the advertisers are where you want to go and and the key is to always call whoever the advertiser is, always call and ask for the president of the company or the CEO. You won't get them, but you will get their assistant because they do have a communications assistant if it's any size company. And that's actually who you want because they're the ones that will freak. And half the time I think that they may be in our broader community. But, but, uh, but you know, that, that that's sort of like who you want to get to and just explain that you're totally offended. And, you know, every time you see their product, you, you, this, this offense that you feel just – sort of wells up in you so you're just gonna have to stop using it <laughs> and you're hoping your friends will too and, and you know you don't make it a big horrible scream and call them names it's just explain why it is that you're no longer going to be one of their supporters and one of their customers huh. so I, I wanted to go over real quick with you the, the top three most viewed articles on the trans advocate 
Uh oh. Yes. <laughs> We're looking so, at statistics. So this this last week it was uh, fake radical feminist group actually paid political front for anti LGBT James Dobson organization. That was our top order uh, article. I last think we week. need a headline writer that convinces. <laughs> <well. laughs> and then we had. Uh, Oh, it was our last podcast uh, entry, Are Cis Women Facing Violent Transpo- Transphobia? And, the, uh, and, and I think absolutely. They, they absolutely are. And I really think that, you know, this, this is where National Organization of Women and some of the other people like that absolutely. need to take note. Yes. Uh, you know, we aren't the only ones taking the hit, literally hit on this. It, it's women in general. Interestingly enough, I've never heard of someone attacking a cis male thinking they were trans. Yeah, you know, the, it, the thing is, um, I find it interesting that so-called radical feminists uh, who are TERFs, um, they are, uh, I, in my mind, they are not feminists because they, they jump on this bag bandwagon, which is generally a conservative line of, you know, we have to go after what is perceived by people as gender nonconformity. And so what you have is you create this movement where people are hypersensitive to gender nonconformity so that if a cis woman is taller than most women, well, she's gender nonconforming, therefore trans, therefore deserves to be beaten or worse. Or if she has a short haircut. Uh, yes. and or, or if you're a dyke. And going in there, and 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 you know part of it, the 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 people who are anti-trans seem to pick up on, is something that I wouldn't think identified someone as a potential trans person. They do, but mm-hmm. but it, it it's it's not the norm it's, that it's I know. Subjective. That's right. You know, it, you know, everyone has their own fucking norm, and if you come from this, you know, deep south very stereotypical this is what woman is and you go to some place and you see someone who violates that notion that you have in your head that was given to you by your snake handling pastor then there can be problems yeah and and that's that i think is a general problem as opposed to specifically trans because most of the time that these assaults have occurred it hasn't been a trans person that was Mm -hmm. assaulted Mm -hmm. that's right I know in Houston, there was a UPS driver who was stopped going into a restroom at a home, an off, a home Depot. And mm-hmm. this this is a cis person. Yes. Uh, you know, and, you know, nothing physical happened, but, you know, it was reported and, and it's just sort of like, wow, you know, they just decided that she was trans and couldn't use a women's restroom. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and then... Of course, yeah. you know, may, maybe it has to do with what do women look like? Well, they look all sorts of different ways. Mm-hmm. Well, and and then there's the flip side to that, where I think I've talked about this. There was um, one of these spiritual, not religious groups. Uh, how they they were meet. So someone was trans, and you know how these. You tell someone in confidence in one of these spiritual, not religious groups, suddenly everyone knows. And um, so she was going to go to the bathroom, this trans woman, and one of these spiritual, not religious women decided to, you know, stand up for the mother goddess or whatever and pushed, literally strangled her um, 
was trying to choke her out. The cis woman was doing this to the trans woman and had to be pulled off the trans woman. Now, mind you, this isn't a, a group bathroom. It's, it's a bathroom. You walk in there, there's a toilet, and you lock the door. And so, you know, this is... this. Is, well, no, okay, so, so let, let's just drop everything. This has nothing to do with anything other than assault. Yes, and of course. somebody should have gone to jail. Uh, I, my opinion, too. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, a lot of times we get into the, oh, well, she was basically doing this because the person was trans. I don't care why she was doing it. Exactly. I don't care if she was doing it because the person was, you know, too short, too tall, too wide, mm-hmm. too whatever color. It doesn't matter. Assault, assault. That's right. And she should have gone to jail. And then after enough people go to jail, they'll find out jail's not fun. <laughs> and then we'll do special bond programs for them, too, I'm sure. Um, well, the third article is a a fact check. So fact check. Studies shows uh, transition makes trans people suicidal. So this was a (laughs) story. Now, this was a story that was widely reported. And uh, it was reported in everything from, uh, let's see, Washington Post, uh dr drew of course dr drew is trash just my opinion um anyway so in all of these programs and all of these various mediums that there's this new swedish study that shows that if you transition transition makes you suicidal well in fact that's not what the study says at all and so i uh, got in contact with the lead author of that study and we had a nice interview and, um, you know, she debunked all of these claims that people are saying. She's like, yeah, no, that, that's not what it says at all. <laughs> In fact, it says this. Um, and uh, so after, after we published this, then, of course, everyone was accusing us of making this up. It was all fake news. This was not actual. She never did this interview with us. I made it all up. It's all bullshit. Did you record it? Uh, no, it was an email back and okay. forth. So, so I have, have the emails. emails. Yep. So, I'm just curious. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, we published this and then she did. Have you ever heard of a Reddit AMA? Yeah, I have. Okay. So yeah. there's a site called What Reddit and they have these things called Ask Me Anything. And usually it'll be some someone of some notoriety and people send their questions and they respond. And so they had uh, this researcher on there. And it's funny, of course, the researcher cites this particular article, you know, as being that where she learned about this, you know, misuse of her research and how uh, people are using it to substantiate just wildly inaccurate claims about being trans. And of course, once she did that, then the claim was, well, the ask me anything that was actually fake. It was, so it's, 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 this article is fake and the person doing the Reddit thing that was fake also. And it's all fake. Well, okay. It, <laughs> you can boil this down to, if it's not what I said, it's fake. <laughs> Whether I, you know, whether I know anything or not, doesn't matter. If it wasn't what I said, it's just fake. Obviously, I, I get that. Um, you know, it, it's like idiocy, but I get it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, it, it's like a lot of other things. If somebody wants to 
look at a study, do the study and report on it. If it's positive toward the trans community, great. If it's negative, great. Mm -hmm. As long Mm -hmm. as they do the look at the study, report on it and and don't fictionalize it, so to speak. Uh When when you lie, (laughs) the question is, why did you have to do that? Mm -hmm. Because if, if you have to lie to make something that's palatable to your listeners and readers, which I presume is why they're doing it, Mm -hmm. then you really are for practical purposes, editorializing and doing comic strip stuff because that's all it is. Right. And, and the real problem with it is it hurts people because there are people who look at that and, you know, it, it pushes them the wrong direction. It doesn't give them hope. It removes hope. It says all sorts of bad things. And then they have to fully understand that there are a lot of people who really don't like them, not because they know them at all, but just because of what they think they are. Well, so, this kind of this 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 issue of honesty kind of gets down to the 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 core of what is so difficult to deal with this loose movement of people advocating against tr- people being trans. So the reality is this group doesn't want trans people, trans bodies to exist. And you know, if they came out and said I don't want trans people to exist. I can deal with that better than all the weird stuff yes. they make up. I mean, but, just but running you know, around, you know, saying the, that this study is not what it, in fact, it finds the right. opposite. And, and, you know, the problem is that if you ask those people who don't want trans people to exist. Oh, they'll say, oh, no, no, no. It's well, not yeah, that. But they'll lie. But if you find some of them who are like, no, I don't think they should exist. And I have run into several of them. It's uh-huh. always fun to ask them questions. Yeah. Yeah. You, you start it with the first one. Why? And usually it's because God said so. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so you don't think God made me? No, it's in, it's interesting. I <laughs> and, have talked and you don't to, think God can decide this kind of stuff on I his ta- own? I have talked to one person. And by the way, you have to say his because if you say her own, <laughs> they will jump all over you. It's just saying. It. <laughs> I talked to one person who was just totally up front with their bigotry. They said, I don't like trans people. I, I I like women, you know, I like gender roles, I like gender stereotypes. I know that that makes me a bigot in some people's eyes, and I'm okay with it. And, you know, I was like, wow, this is really refreshing. And, 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 you know, I'm actually sort of okay with that person. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it, it's all this weird stuff. Now, I also especially if I've had a few glasses of wine, may decide that they're sort of like fun for the night's entertainment. But, and and I'm know, talking about questions like and talking. Jesse Singel and The Atlantic supposedly publishing bullshit from a hate group, and they don't tell you it's coming from a hate group, Right. To, to, because they're concerned uh, about trans people. Yep. That's, that's so difficult to work against. Well, and... I'm not even sure we should bother to work against that. It just put the facts out and they're there. People can use them when they want to. And then go to the advertisers. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, mean, arguing with someone who is not actually involved. I mean, you might take the approach of, well, you know, I don't think males should be journalists. You are a male, right? (laughs) You know, and, and, you know, that's fine. That's doing stupid hate with stupid hate. But... But really, you just almost have to say, fine, we're in a, a downturn for our rights, et cetera. Now it's probably going to continue for two to three more years. Let's hope that we get a change in Congress here in this country. I'm not convinced we will. Mm. And Congress means both houses or at least one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the reason I'm not sure we will is because the Democratic Party has started to fracture like crazy. They're fighting each other, not the Republicans. And it's sort of like... By the way, I I, I don't... Have you heard of Hamilton 63? Uh, No. Okay. (laughs) I'm afraid to ask, though. So Hamilton 63, for those in the know, is a website that tracks Russian bots. Um, And they track posting times and they track um you know what what kind of topics what kind of hashtags what kind of all of that stuff that they're posting and the thing that they're really focusing in on right now i saw a couple of news stories um reporting this is the so-called walk away movement that is the you know oh geez you know I was Democrat, but, you know, those those darn Democrats, they they're just, you know, can't I can't whatever, you know, whatever reason that a Democrat, you know, let you down. Therefore, my response is to walk away from the Democrats. Uh, Either I become a Republican and support Trump or I, I just fall away from the voting system altogether. I don't register to vote. I, I'm not involved in my local jurisdictional primaries. I'm not, I'm not going to vote in any national uh, elections. I'm just going to be disengaged totally. And so that's the walk away movement. And apparently that's a big thing that the Russian so-called um, uh, troll farm is pushing right now and and it'll work <laughs> that's the bad part because the republicans aren't going to listen to that oh yeah because they're like i don't care <laughs> i'm voting for whoever trump says i should vote for <laughs> the other thing that's happening is we're seeing a lot of the well if there's two men on the ticket you shouldn't vote <laughs> and you know if, if if there's two people that are if there's two people who aren't black, you shouldn't vote. And my, you know, the problem with this is, and I think President Obama made it really clear sort of the last year of his campaign. He's like, it's chicken or fish, folks. <laughs> there's no third choice. <laughs> there is, but it's usually libertarian or green or whatever, which is essentially not voting. Right. I mean, I wish libertarian had a chance, but they don't. Mm-hmm. At least not most places. Greens. And, they don't have a chance. Yeah, Greens in Texas didn't even make it on the ballot, so they have to run as independents. <laughs> and, and that, but, and, and you know, I, I really wish they had made it on the ballot because they're usually really interesting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but so, so, you know, essentially what, what's happening is they're going with the non vote, which is a vote for the Republicans because Absolutely. they aren't going to pick up on any of this or care. Mm-hmm. They're voting for who the president says to vote for, and that's it. They don't care about anything else in the world. And if you try to make any reasonable discussions, It's interesting. Uh, Whenever in 2016, there were a bunch of um, right wing groups putting out, you know, Bernie uh, kind of stuff and and this Bernie or bust kind of stuff. It's interesting that we don't know whether it was right wing groups or. Well, no, there there was a couple of them. There was. Well, yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There was a couple of those hacks that had. Put, put out stuff like that. Oh, they do. I mean, th- those are sort of like the normal dirty tricks. I think the biggest thing is that the Internet has changed all that. Now, I will say that one of the changes that Facebook has made, I think, is going to help this a lot. And that is, if it's something political that you're putting out there, 
Facebook wants to know who you are for real. And they basically require that you send them a copy of a photo ID and that it be something that has address and other information that they can actually check. And they will check before they allow you to do anything that's political. Hmm. And that I have noticed in my feeds has really cut down on a lot of the, the things that are out there. Now, does it slow down people being able to, to you know, start running for office on Facebook like a lot of people do? Sure. But, but I think it, it's going to help some of the pure fake, you know, uh, the bot type stuff. Well, interestingly, I've, I've, I heard last week, I read some uh, news article or something that said that Google is implementing on YouTube some sort of an algorithm that will pick up on the topic. You, if, you're, if you're, let's say, a podcast and you're doing a podcast on YouTube and you're talking about something and you're reporting on some sort of an issue or you're talking about uh, a headline or whatever, YouTube's going to pick that up and actually link to reputable news sources about that topic instead of just... Yeah, the, you know, honestly, and, and this sounds funny, but I do actually trust Google quite a bit. Um, they're, they're Neoliberal. Geeks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're geeks, and they really are. Um, I never have trusted Facebook. Um, basically, again, it's because the person running it, et cetera. But, but, you know, the question is, what do you consider an appropriate thing to link to the topic. Now, most people I know don't go through and follow all the links that show up on something they're doing when they're looking at a video on YouTube or mm -hmm. a podcast on YouTube listening to it. So I'm not sure it'll have as much effect. I mean, the, the problem with all the Facebook stuff is that these things were just inserted into the feed using Facebook's algorithms and, and basically, you know, gaming what Facebook does normally to try to, you know, improve the marketing that they, they get and improve all of their ad sales. And, and I, I, I do think that Facebook has back, backed it down quite a bit. Now, does that mean people won't find a way around it? Of course not. <laughs> They'll find a way around anything. There's probably so many fake people out there already that it's unbelievable. <laughs> well, um, what events do you recall are going on? I know something we, we have Gender Real, and I know we have the ban Unity Banquet coming up. We have the Unity Banquet coming up in September. Yeah, and, we, we recently had a... It's going to be really cool. We started recruiting speakers very heavily now, and <laughs> we'll be sending out stuff to lots of people to sponsor mm -hmm. the Unity Banquet. One of the things that we, we used to actually start much earlier than we do currently, but then we moved it to the fall, which means that it was after Pride. So now we, typ we typically start after Pride, even though we intend to do some of these things before Pride, but all the Pride activity just sort of takes precedence over it because it's coming up first. So... You know, we we run a little bit tighter on the banquet than we, we have in the past. And then we have DOR coming up after that. I don't know when it is, but it's later in the month. The other thing that we have is a conference coming to Houston that I think we're going to do a bunch of stuff with. And Oh, what what is that called? The it's the OSTEM conference. OSTEM, that's right. Out mm -hmm. Science, Technology, Engineering, Math. I got the last one in. <laughs> um, and, and it's a whole bunch of people, many of them in college still, that are going to show up in Houston and... Uh, essentially talk about uh, out individuals who are in the STEM community and those sorts of things. And we're going to be doing some things to assist with that and 
probably host some of their projects that they want to do. And well, they, they, they're looking to get some histo- history of the various communities. And we sort of can, can provide mm. that pretty easily. Right. And, and some people who may be a little older than they are, which isn't hard because they're young, <laughs> coming from someone who's a lot older than they are. <laughs> and so um, we'll be working on that. And, and they haven't put together their schedule, but there are some things that public can attend, uh, like they're doing a hackathon, for instance, and they're accepting requests for projects. Um, that Their view of a hackathon is different than mine. Um, well, yeah, whenever you started out, hacking meant something very particular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something very specific. <laughs> and we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> that would be in like the 70s. <laughs> but uh, what, what they're looking for is projects that they can sit down and finish with a whole lot of people in a very short period of time as far as useful projects. And we're sort of looking for some to give them. And, and I know they're, they're having a lot of uh, presentations on where where the STEM world's going and where people fit in the STEM world, et cetera. And it's not just people who are in college. It's about, I think, 30%, 40% uh, people who work in science and industry. So it should be interesting. And, and again, it's a large conference. Mm. Yeah, I, I was really amazed. I, I've, I've not heard of this conference before. And uh, you started talking about it. And apparently this is like a big deal. Yeah, it, it is. It's, you know, it, it's, uh, there, there are multiple thousands of people. And I don't want to give their numbers because they sent out something saying that they're revising the numbers up. Oh, please don't use these. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not using them, even though it's killing me not to. <laughs> I, I tend yeah. to like to give real numbers. But. <laughs> well, the, I got the idea that it was basically kind of like a creating change type of a, a thing, but for the STEM community. And I, I think that's correct. Uh, you know, it, it seems to be the, you know, basically how to work in STEM if you're an out person and where you want to target and, and how to get lots of things done. And it it turns out that if you're good you're fine Mm. (laughs) that that, you know once you get above the sort of like standard if you're really good just nobody messes with you they don't care (laughs) and and i I think that that's sort of a good i mean it's why a lot of uh transgender people are in you know it because essentially it people don't care that much it's like well i mean ish ish like it, whenever your name gets out leaked to like the gamergate community or something then they could work very hard to make your life hell um they can but there's also a lot of other places that you could work if you will now they, they may attack but you can attack back <laughs> well um so there's uh let's see what what is josephine's thing um Texas Non-Discrimination uh, Summit. That's right. That's right. And it, it's either coming up or just happened. And then we have... Uh, gender Real? We have Gender Real. We also have uh, Colt's thing. Um, oh, Gender... In, gender Infinity. Infinity. Yeah, that's right. That's coming mm-hmm. up. Man, that's quite actually quite a bit. Uh, have you noticed? We have a lot of stuff that goes Plus, on. There, and, and, and I'm sure and, we're missing stuff. If Robin was here, she'd give us 20 more. Yeah, but but in the middle of that, we're running up. I mean, literally, election season, like going out and voting for this the next cycle, that's, you know, not next month, but the month after. You know, this is like, 
coming soon. So in the middle of all of this stuff, we're going to be having the runoff to this enormous election. And, you know, here the uh, the various groups that, that screen candidates and endorse candidates are doing their thing. Um, Houston GLBT Political Caucus has done this for a really long time. They're busy doing things. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a whole lot going on. There's a lot people here in Houston can get involved in pretty easily, too. Hmm. And then, between all like that, we're doing updates on all the websites for trans advocates. <laughs> That's right. And, <laughs> well, and, yeah, and, and everyone else. We, we've had to back off a little bit on implementing uh, the Trans Advocate UK and possibly another country. Well, because, there's uh, two other ones that yes. are interested. <laughs> but, because we ran out of number of files that we can use. We <laughs> yeah. have plenty of space. It's just that we have a phenomenal number of files out there. So, yeah, we have to move uh, the Trans Advocates so that we can not only set up the, the Trans Advocate UK site, but the, uh, these other uh, locations. If, and we can finish up putting a yep. whole lot more of the archive stuff on. And then the, the limits that we ran into were 250,000 files, which... <laughs> I it have, seems to have happened like that. Yes, it did. <laughs> it, it, it went up really quick. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it was interesting because I was assuming something had gone wrong and most of these were just junk files or something. Nope, they aren't. <laughs> <laughs> They're real. We just have a lot of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, well, hey, folks, thank you so much for joining us again for another Trans Advocate podcast. Um, hey, if you support us, through Patreon, I want to take a moment and say thank you so much. You know, your support makes what we do possible. You know, having the trans advocate, have you know, building out these uh, servers and server spaces, um, and doing podcasts and hosting podcasts and all the equipment that goes along with this, all of that stuff takes money, and your support makes this show go. So thank you so much for supporting us and I believe isn't it right that we set the like the initial support level at like one buck yeah one buck very a low month, a month and and you know we, we'd love for you to contribute more than that but hey a dollar is perfectly fine if that's what you're comfortable doing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, I I think the way what we had set up is uh, if you are a patron of the trans advocate uh, in our monthly drawing uh, you get two entries uh, as opposed to one. Is that correct? That's what we did. Okay. So, uh, and as I recall, we've had uh, one Patreon supporter win and one non Patreon supporter win. So, yep. um, so, so we don't cheat. Just nope, so you know. That's right. <laughs> it's, we it's, don't it's actually care tr- who gets the prize. <laughs> <laughs> we so far, once someone from this country has won and some. Somebody from a different country as well. And, so. and, you know, don't take this wrong, but there's certain countries I'm hoping people don't win from because <laughs> it is too difficult to figure out how we ship to them. But we'll give it a shot. <laughs> but if you would like to register for the Trans Advocate giveaway, just go to the Trans Advocate and at the bottom of every page is an ad that says giveaway time. Just click that ad and it'll take you to a form. It's really straightforward. Just fill out the form, press send. And uh, we'll get you into the uh, running. And I think that we said that it would, that each year the running would just, you know, once you enter, it's not for that month. You stay entered for that entire year, correct? Yeah, and we're doing a year from when you enter. 
And, okay. and so, you know, you have to enter once a year if you want to stay on the list of people that would like some prizes. Gotcha. And if you want to know exactly what the prizes are, well, too bad. You have to wait and see. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you sometime during the month. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode, and we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Trans Advocate Podcast. We are a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Your support makes what we do possible. Resistance means nothing without supporting elected officials who won't attack trans, intersex, and queer children in our schools. They can't vote, so you're going to have to do it for them. If you live in the U.S. and are not registered to vote, we can help you with that at our site. Register and vote no matter what. The Trans Advocate Podcast was produced by Kristen Williams. All rights reserved. The Trans Advocate is a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Trans Advocate or the Transgender Foundation of America.